Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omiller showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer slips and scores. What You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside. Rambo scores. You're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk, your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome, everyone, to another PLT preview show live on Twitter Spaces. Today, I'm joined by Dan Alexander, host of Bet on Lacrosse, um, and PLT contributors Sam Long and Brian Andrews. We're going to break down the NLL Week 2 slate We've got seven matchups this weekend, three on Friday, three on Saturday, and one on Sunday. Um, So a lot of lacrosse. Happy to have the NLL back. And we'll start with the 6 o'clock on Friday matchup between the Thunderbirds and the Toronto Rock, which is my favorite game uh, of this upcoming slate. Um, So I I think this is going to be a tight one. These are my top two teams right now, in in my opinion. Uh, The Thunderbirds are obviously sitting pretty um, as the favorites to win it all on cool bet Canada's future odds right now. Um, I like the Toronto rock though, based on, you know, they're not sitting too far behind as well. I, I think plus six fifty. Um, but, um, I think overall they look the best this week. Um, and I know you guys have some plays on this game as well. Um, but overall I, I thought, you know, they, they had a pretty solid win against the firewolves. It came, became closer towards the end of this, the game, just because a uh, Mitch to did get that match penalty five minutes, um, and he ended up leaving the game because of that. That kind of gave the Firewolves opportunity. They put two goals on the power play away, and then they added another one to take the lead before dangerous Dan Dawson put two home to not only uh, win the game for the Rock, he also surpassed legend Colin Doyle in the all-time goal leaders list, and it now sits currently only behind JT, John Grant Jr., and Gary Gates. So some good company for dangerous Dan Dawson. Um, but let's talk a little bit of betting on this side of things. I know, Dan, you actually like this game a lot um, based on a certain play. So talk to me a little bit about why you like a certain play in this game in terms of betting. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And I mean, I wish I had as cool of a nickname. Uh, you know, you could call me dangerous Dan Alexander, but I don't think it probably sounds as cool and I probably don't deserve that. But um, yeah, as I'm looking at this game, I agree with you, Hutton, as far as just an entertainment standpoint and our friends at Cool Bet Canada, we uh, we really that's where we draw most of our information from as we're still kind of waiting for a U.S. based sports book operator to be putting up some of these lines so uh, we can bet them with a little more regularity. But they have this listed um, as the rock is an underdog in this game. And I just think, you know, this is a true pick em game. You know, you kind of alluded to it, two of the most favored teams in the league. The Halifax Thunderbirds are the odds on favorite to win the championship as it stands through two weeks. Again, how much does that really mean? We only have one week, but you know, they're definitely a favorite for a reason, you know, definitely some, some strong play that we've seen out of them, but as they're taking on the rock, um, they're one, they're minus one thirty three on the money line and the rock, you get a plus one ten payback in that. And I, I just think the Rock are, are live underdogs in this game. 
You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just think you're getting some serious value just because of what the market perception is on the Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds are the odds on favorite, but the Rock aren't far behind. They have the third best odds to win the championship this year. So I, I think I view this game as a pick em. So anytime that a game could potentially just be a toss up, you never know who's going to end up winning it. Um, I'm always going to lean towards the underdog in that case, and I'm getting a plus 110 payout on the rock. So I think that's who I'm looking towards in this game just because, uh, again, the, you know, you look at what happened last week and the, the one goal win for the rock, it was only goal win for the Thunderbirds too. And I think maybe the market's viewing the Thunderbirds as the more impressive one, but I think the Firewolves are maybe a little bit underrated as a team. They had the best record in the NLL before the 2020 stoppage. So I think that maybe they aren't getting the respect they deserve. So the win that the rock had last week is viewed as maybe not as strong. And I just don't think that's the case. So I like the rock in this game, but like you Hutton, I'm so pumped to watch this game. I think it's going to be a great one, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that's why I agree. I like them on the money line. I think they can win this game. Um, if you're a little bit timid about taking them on the money line, um, like you said, this is really a true pick em game. But um, and you want to lay a little bit more for a little bit more security, you could take them plus one and a half as well. Um, I think that is maybe a safer bet because, um, I, you know, I do think this game is going to be tight. Um, but then again, you're going to have to lay a little bit more, whereas you can get them uh, plus money on the money line. I, I think that's a steal um, for this Rock team. I don't know, what are your thoughts on this game, Sam? Did you have any thoughts, uh, whether that's specific plays or thoughts in general on this game? Yeah, I mean, I know that the Rock are uh, a point and a half dog in this game. And I, if I could bet, I would not bet on this game. I think that both of their wins last week were pretty impressive. Um, I mean, one thing that stuck out to me last week watching all the games was that a lot of the guys that I think you'd expect to contribute a lot, like I know Dane Doby, I don't think had his best game. Dan Dawson didn't really start contributing until right down in the stretch um, for Toronto. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of games last week that you might read a little bit more into than you'd like. Um, you know, so I think that, yeah, I think Toronto's not quite getting the respect they deserve. Um, you know, I think that they, they pulled ahead late, you know, partly because of that misconduct penalty that Albany drew. And honestly, I mean, if you had to make a play, I do like, I do like Dan's thoughts on the, the plus money there. Um, cause I think Halifax had a really strong, I mean, they had a ton of penalties that they just gifted Saskatchewan goals essentially. And their, their penalty killing unit was not good. Saskatchewan was like five for eight. Um, I mean, the rest of the league went like 40% on the week. So, you know. A little bit of a gift there on Halifax's part, and I still think I'd like them to win, but I think the odds are high enough that Toronto could pull that game out that it'd be a pretty good bet. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought up penalties because that really is, you know, maybe even more so than field, um, you know, a big part of the NLL. Penalties are longer. Obviously, that match penalty that Mitch Desnu got, uh, you know, it was five minutes. He ended up having to leave the game. Um, so that, you know, it's kind of, I mean, not only are they on the power play for five minutes, but they lose a top defender in Mitch Desnew. Um, so I agree. And, you know, we'll get to a few other teams that, that kind of um, down the stretch as well. Panther City is one that comes to mind playing the wings. They played them really, really tight, but penalties ended up uh, kind of doing them in in that game. But I think the biggest takeaway from what you said, Sam, is 
you would probably stay off this game. And there's nothing wrong with that. In terms of betting, you know, you want to make sure that you're pretty certain in your bets and you don't want to necessarily have action on there. So um, I like the fact that, you know, hey, you know, this is a game that you might pass on betting wise. Just want to sit back, relax and enjoy the ads. Uh, you know, you don't have to have bets on every game uh, while we may see some value in there. Um, sometimes the best bets you, you make are the ones that you don't make. So um, I think that's a good point to bring up, you know, when we're going down this uh, this slate. Um, let's move on now to the New York Riptide taking on the Philadelphia wings obviously you know uh greater new york greater philadelphia area rivals these two um you know they definitely do not like each other teams fan base wise um i know dan you're a wings fan brian you're a wings fan as well you guys have some plays in this game that might actually surprise us but i'll start with you brian what are your thoughts on this game between the riptide and the wings Currently muted, Brian, if you're trying to talk, just a heads up. Uh, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, both teams are coming out of overtime games, and the Riptide are coming out of an overtime loss. So they're going to be really hungry, and I think the fact that their two-and-a-half-point dogs is going to play in their favor, the only two-and-a-half dog this entire slate. Uh, so I think that's a really good place to get some money if you want to bet on this game. Uh, also, Dan will tell you that this low – uh, total at 20 even is looking like an easy over. Uh, and I think I think both teams are going to come out hungry on offense and are looking to score. So I think both of those are really good plays for this game. What about you, Dan? What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, again, a game that I'm super pumped for, you know, and that's the thing is when you're betting, you have to bet with your head, not your heart. And as much as I would just hammer the wings every single week, I think I learned last week one of my few losses against the spread was laying the two and a half with the wings. And I just look at this game and I think the Riptide are live to win this game as a dog. I think exactly like Brian was kind of saying um, you know, you, you just kind of think that you get want to get that bad taste out of your mouth. And for the Riptide, they're going to have two games this weekend. So you don't want to fall in an 0-2 hole, and then you're fatigued. You're going into a game against the Swarm where you're already staring 0-2 in the face, and then you start some more pressure getting put on yourself. So I think they're going to be motivated to win this game, and I don't think it's like the Wings are going to be resting on their laurels. They're going to get to be at home. They're going to be at the center. It's going to be a great game, a great atmosphere. But I think it's going to be a close game. So that's why I would probably be looking towards the riptide plus two and a half but even more than that I just love the over in this game because you look at a total of 20 it's the lowest total on the board this weekend and I just think you know as you're still getting some of these 20s you're still getting some of these 20 and a half with regularity I think that's some serious value that you can just ride so as you're looking at the wings you're looking at the riptide you see a 20 total I think I just looked to last week, and yes, it's a small sample size, but both of these teams scored 12 goals. Both of them also allowed double-digit goals. It was 11 for the Wings, and it was 13 for the Riptide, what they gave up to Rochester. So you have a low total, you have some decently strong offenses, and you have a team who's going to be very highly motivated in the I just think that this is a definite slam dunk over, and I always will hesitate. Anybody who tells you it's a stone-cold lock, run the other way. There is no such thing as a lock in sports betting, and that's why I think it was a great point from Sam earlier. If you don't have a strong lean or a strong like on a play, don't bet it. Nobody's forcing you to bet any of these games, and as Hutton said, some of the best bets you're going to make are bets that you do not make. But I think this is if like if I could get down on this game, if we did.
did have a U.S. sports book operator where I could bet on this, I would be hammering the over 20. I, I think it's a no-brainer, a lock by any sense of the imagination. But I think you know, both of these teams showed that they have the scoring output to push it over this total. I think both of them are going to be motivated. And also in Philadelphia, you know, sometimes the scoring goes a little bit higher. I, I like to look at us our city as an over city. So let's go over 20 in the wings and riptide. I love that play. No, and if you look at the history, uh, these teams, the last time they faced each other, uh, it was a six to it was a fourteen to six win by the wings. So that one landed right on the twenty mark. Um, I think the you know, Riptide's offense is going to be a, a little bit better this season now with Jeff Teat and Callum Crawford and a few other pieces. So, um, you know, if you expect them to be a little bit better, that should go over. Um, and then the previous matchup before that was a 15-12 win by the Wings. So, um, historically, it's fallen on 20 and gone over 20. So, I like that as well. You know, we could get a gem of a game from Zach Higgins, which he's shown in the past. Um, but overall, you know, I think these offenses are too good to not um, both, you know, put up at least 10 points in my mind. So um, I, I'm going to agree with you guys on the over on that one. Moving to the last game of the Friday slate, we have the Warriors taking on Panther City. Um, this is an interesting one because the Warriors went into the Seals game as two and a half point underdogs. And I think they were quite overlooked, you know, given just basically how how much moves the Seals made in the offseason. You know, they added two rookie studs in Trey LeClaire and Mac O'Keefe that made an impact. They also added Dane Doby, um, the last MVP during a championship season that we've had back in 2019. So, you know, the Seals team kind of came in with a lot of gravitas where the Warriors were kind of getting overlooked a little bit. You know, not many people knew what we were going to get from Alex Buque. He pitches a gem in that game. They end up winning um, outright against the Seals and covering the spread. So they're going to win. And then there's Panther City that you could argue had the best game, first game in franchise history that a, a expansion franchise has had. Um, playing the wings really, really tight and losing in a close one in overtime. And they're at home in Fort Worth. Um, and, you know, I usually don't take too much into home field advantage this early into the season. Um, there's certain places like Calgary, Saskatchewan, um, Buffalo that, you know, and even Halifax now that home field advantage is a very real thing. Other places, maybe not so much. Panther City, I, I don't know how much of an advantage it's going to be, but I have to imagine that their first game is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be rocking in that place. I'm expecting a decent-sized crowd in their first home game, um, and I, I think that might, you know, play a little bit into the factor. And I think they're pissed off. I think Coach Tracy Kolesky is a little pissed off about how they, that game ended. Um, they pretty much had the wings where they wanted them, and unfortunately they weren't able to get the job done. You know, again, they're a new team. It's You know, the expectations were pretty low going into it, and I think they really exceeded those. Um, Patrick Dodds, five points in his debut for the NLO, uh, you know, he, he's looking like a star in this league so um i don't know uh, do you guys have any plays in this game i'll start with you sam because you know i could easily see either of these teams winning but right now i'm kind of leaning towards what's on paper the underdog in panther city uh, but then again you know can't overlook mitch jones and the vancouver warriors again like i did last week yeah i was about to mention mitch jones because i think that again a lot of people overlooked him i mean he was having like he was on pace for like a career year um, when the like uh, last season ended, because uh, he was averaging like al almost six points a game, he had like seventy something points through eleven games played. I mean, he he was on a tear, and he picked right up where he left off. I mean, five goals, so he's tied with Ryan Lee, I believe, for like a lead league there. Um, you know, one thing that I did actually really like that I saw from um, Panther City is that their um their goal scoring came from a lot of different people. You know, so. 
if I'm going into this game, you know, and Alex Buque played incredibly, I I really like Panther City to because they I think they're a dog in this game. I like them to cover um, and potentially just win outright, just because I think they're gonna be able to get a lot more going. And to be fair, they actually held up pretty well defensively against the Wings until like down the stretch. Um, I mean, overall, I think Panther City is actually like a, pr- a pretty decent team this year, and I, I really like them to win. You know, Kevin Orleman played really, really well um, in that opening half and down the stretch as well. But, uh, you know, he really um, gave that Wings offense fits early on in that game um, last week. What about you, Dan? Any thoughts on this game? You know, Panther City right now is 125 on the money line. You have to lay a little bit to get them plus one and a half. But, uh, you know, in, in what is expected to be another tight contest, uh, do, you, do you like Panther City taking the points or on the money line? Or are you sticking with uh, the favorites in the Vancouver Warriors? Yeah, and again, you know, it's going to be tough because we're going to try and learn more about this as it goes on. And, you know, I hate to refute your guys' points or anything like that, but I think what you saw with Panther City last week is there might be even a little bit of an overreaction of, look, they had it against the Wings. I think they need to learn to close some of these games before I'm going to be placing on them with any regularity. So if I were placing anything in this game, I think the Warriors actually showed a decent amount last week. And as you kind of said, maybe overlooking them a little bit, I might even lean a little bit more towards laying that one and a half with the Warriors and having them get a goal with a little bit of distance. Again, it wouldn't be something that made my betting card, but I think that would be the way that I would look in this game. I think the Warriors probably win this. And until, um, you know, I kind of see Panther City show me that they can finish a game. I I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Can they keep it close? Sure. But I just think probably the more likely outcome is the Warriors pulling away as opposed to, um, you know, Panther City uh, pulling in the upright outright win with the home field advantage we'll, we'll see if um you know i gotta eat crow on that or whatever but that's probably the way i would look more is towards the warriors in this game though it's one that's not my favorite i, I think there's some better opportunities on the board this week than going that way so it would be a pass for me though that's the way i would lean yeah i'm probably would probably pass on this game as well if i did had the lean one way i probably would go panther city plus one and a half just because based on last week you know six and one underdogs covering the spread and again i think we're still trying to figure out what these teams are and you know how good they're going to be um i like a team you know getting plus one and a half i don't really like um you know playing a favorite that you know i have to give up some points um but again I, i'm kind of with you i might pass on this game um i'd probably lean though panther city plus one and a half more on sam's side in that regard but again i looked overlooked the warriors last week i don't know if i need I should do that again this week um <laughs> again played phenomenal um you know probably as best as we'd seen since, uh, you know, the slowdown, he did not have such a great uh, time when he was in a New York riptide uniform. Um, but uh, he, he looked like a completely different goalie in that Warriors debut. So that wraps up the Friday slate. Then moving on to Saturday, we have three games um, and a game, you know, some two teams that are pretty close to each other, actually owned by the same ownership group too. And the Buffalo bandits and the Rochester Nighthawks in Rochester, um, the Buffalo Bandits looked great last last week. Uh, you know, they played a, a pretty tough Calgary team that we expected to maybe be a little bit down this year, just given the pieces that's um, – but, you know, they put up 16 on uh, Christian Del Bianco, which hadn't happened um, in a long time. And Christian Del Bianco has only given up 16 or more goals four times in his career, including that time. So they did something that uh, – 
you know, really hadn't been done before um, in a while. And you had uh, Dane Smith, who had a quite quite the day as well, uh, with nine points, I believe, um, in the game. So, you know, this this offense, obviously, we knew we were going to have a lot of chemistry. They, they played together on the chaos this past summer, winning the PLL championship. So that's definitely an added bonus to be able to, you know, continue that chemistry and where a lot of these teams had to, you know, again, either start from scratch or kind of, you know, get back to the basics with, uh, you know, relearning the offenses and stuff after a long hiatus. This team have been playing together for a while and lives together too. So there's, you know, already that built-in chemistry, but do you guys have any thoughts? I'll start with you, Brian, on this Rochester-Buffalo game. Uh, do you think the Bandits cover the spread, or do you think Rochester uh, you know, can give them a run for their money? I think it's going to be really hard to tell. I think the Vancouver and the Panther City and this game are two games that I'm really staying away from, and I think they're going to give us a really good overall picture of, at least in the short term, how the league's going to evolve. In week one, we saw a lot of really close games. The favorite ended up winning a lot of the times, but the underdog ended up covering so it's really difficult to gauge how these matchups are going to go, and we can't just assume that all these games are going to be close. So I think we're going to get a good picture of whether or not the Bandits are legit or if they just came out really hot and other teams need to catch up, or if there's going to be continued parity in this league. And uh, if the Nighthawks come into this game and, and step up to the challenge defensively against this Bandit, Bandits offense, uh, I think we're in for a wild ride of a season. But personally, I'm staying away from, uh, from either of those games. What about you, Sam? Do you have any thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So my thoughts about Rochester and New York last week were, you know, they both were bottom of the barrel, you know, two years ago when the, when the season got stopped. And, you know, they both added a lot, really different teams. Um, so that's one thing. And, you know, it'd be one thing if, like, you know, the riptide opened the season at Buffalo where, like, it's a team that we think, you know, was going to be pretty good. Then we'd have a better idea going into this week really about what's what's going to happen but i i i'm i'm agreeing with uh, i think Brian i'm i'm staying away from this if if i'm betting just because of how i think little we know about the two new york or the rochester and the uh riptide i mean i i, I like buffalo to to cover and honestly blow the doors off of them but that's just that could be an overreaction for week 1 um I mean, I do really like Buffalo, like for the whole season, but it it'll be it'll be a really tough game, I think, to project what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's tough to tell, you know, pretty much because we got the Rochester Nighthawks facing the New York Riptide, uh, two teams that were you know towards the bottom of the standings last year play each other tight when they didn't face each other. And then obviously it was another tight contest. It's hard to tell, are they that much better um, this year or are they, is it more of the same? So yeah, I'm going to stay away from this one as well, but I, I saw enough from Buffalo that if I, if you are like looking towards a team to potentially, you know, bet on um, I, you know, I think that this team is the real deal. Um, I just don't know how, good rochester is so that, that's what worries me about this is it's i think buffalo is the real deal but you know rochester might be a top team as well and it's just hard to stall on their first matchup against the riptide I, I was a little worried too the way they didn't close out that game um so you know rochester sitting right now plus 160 on the money line against buffalo i don't know if i'm going to you know if i would if i would play that rochester uh, on the money line um i still think buffalo wins this game um you know maybe by multiple points but the one we'll say is currently we're looking at Buffalo at plus 750 odds um, on the futures market. 
And I think if they have a big game this weekend, you're going to see their their odds uh, drop dramatically. And so if you are you like them right now as a contender to win the championship, you might want to hop on that now because they're plus 750. And I don't think they're going to stay there that much longer, especially if they have a big win against Rochester this weekend. So that's something to kind of look at if you're a futures uh, person and you're, you're kind of waiting to see how things go. Um, that might be a team if you're interested in betting on them, you jump on now. Um, kind of like I mentioned with Albany previously, you can still get Albany at plus 1900. So they didn't move as much as I thought, but both those teams, their odds are still, you know, getting uh, a little bit better day. So it, you know, if you want to get the best odds, um, most bang for your buck might be the time to, to place it now, but you can always take the wait and see approach too, because there's ebbs and flows to the season. So I don't want to, you know, get anyone too worried about placing a futures bet. It's the nice thing is being able to place one, maybe at the beginning of the season and hedge with more opportunities down the road. Um, but that's the first game of that slate. We also have uh, on the Saturday Calgary versus Saskatchewan, which is the TSN of the weekend. Um, again, we talked about Calgary, not a great showing against Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, though, is a legit team. So I think, you know, the Roughnecks are going to be looking to bounce back in this spot. Um, but they're playing a rush team that is also hungry for a win after losing in overtime. So um, this is another one that I, I'm not too sure if I, I would play because I don't know. You know, I think we know a little bit more about the rush than we do the Roughnecks. But um, that was our first, you know, week seeing shoot and goal for the rush. And uh, I want to see a little bit more from him before I'm, I'm willing to back the rush. But um, any thoughts on this game, Dan? Yeah, as far as this game goes, I, I don't really have anything. I know that Brian has a little bit uh, stronger of an opinion on this one, so I'll throw it his way in just a second. But I just wanted to shout out the folks who were joining us, checking us out here in week two, our PLT preview. Want to shout out Alex riding with us the whole entire time. Go flying Dutchman, baby. Uh, a PA guy as well. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, as far as this game goes, it's a pure pass for me. I mean, maybe I would look towards the dog just because it's some plus money. But I know that Brian has uh, has something that he's really eyeing in this one. So, Brian, as you're talking about the, the total and you're looking at the highest total of the week, um, I know that you had a strong opinion. People can check out the Bet on the Cross podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bet on the Cross. But uh, you had something that was pretty juicy in this one, Brian. Yeah, the over the total is very high at 23. Uh, last week, we only saw one 23 line. The under hit, this one again is the 23. Roughnecks only put up nine. Um, they let in 16, but as uh, Hutton was saying earlier, their netminder is – it does not commonly do that. Uh, and the rush only let in 12. So the low-scoring Roughnecks, uh, the rush held Halifax, which was arguably – arguably the better offense to only 12. I just don't see uh, the Roughnecks scoring enough to bring that total over 23. So I really like the total in this game. Uh, I don't, I, I agree though with Hutton that I don't really see enough from either team to really back them against a spread or money line though. So the, the total really is the only play that's attractive to me about this game. Yeah. You know, and again, we're, talking about a Calgary team that, you know, lost some pieces, Dane's one, um, a few other people have left, you know, in free agency. Reese Dutch is one that was, you know, had that championship winner for them in 2019. He's now on Halifax um, after sitting in free agency for way too long, as we saw with his uh, goal and assist debut in a Thunderbirds uniform. Um, yeah, you know, whenever you have a you know, Christian Del Bianco in, in cage, as we mentioned, um, I think, you know, it's a good play for the under, um, especially when it's the highest total of the week. Um, as I mentioned, you know, earlier, like he had only given up, you know, th that many 16 goals four times in his career. Um, so, you know, I, I think we can kind of scratch off that week one as a, 
kind of a blip on the radar. Um, whereas I think we're going to see a return to form this week. Now, is that enough? You know, are, are we going to get a, you know, uh, out of shoot again, you know, for the rush in this game? Um, I think we will. I think, you know, I think he did, like you said, pretty well against this Thunderbirds team, despite giving up 12, um, you know, overall, he, he looked pretty good at, you know, there, there's a few penalty shots that he had to, to face one. He let in one, he stopped, um, overall this this game the pace of the game seemed like it was pretty high pace so he was seeing a lot of shots um so yeah i i like the un, um you know but in terms of picking a side i just don't think i can do it for this one moving on to the san diego seals versus the mammoth this is an interesting one because mammoth has underdogs one outright and the seals as two and a half point favorites lost outright so um you have a little bit of a you know a, to, to a matchup between two teams that um you know, one underperformed and one overperformed, you could say, whereas I, I think, you know, the Mammoth were a little bit undervalued last week. But uh, what, what are you thinking in this game, Brian, um, you know, with the Seals being favorites again, this time heading to Denver? Yeah, I think I'm riding with the Mammoth on the money line on this one. It's it's plus money. Uh, the Seals in week one didn't really impress me all that much. Uh, they weren't really generating transition. A lot of their goals ended up being like bomb, classic field Mac O'Keefe shots, which I, I don't really see as a sustainable thing. So unless they come out and their offense looks a little bit more, they can generate a little bit more in transition. I don't think they're going to be able to score enough to keep up with the Mammoth, Mammoth who showed that they can score. So I think Mammoth, Mammoth plus 125 is a really attractive offer from the book. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, too, even though I think the Seals will play a little bit better, um, you know, maybe have a little bit more chemistry than it did in their first game. Um, I, I'm really surprised that the Mammoth at home are underdogs. I love them in this spot uh, at plus 20, 125 on the money line. Even if you don't like them on the money line, um, you know, you only have to lay 110 to get them at plus one and a half. To me, that's a steal for a team that has Dylan Ward in cage. Um, and no, not, no disservice to Alex Buquet, who had a great, you know, opening uh, with the Warriors. But Dylan Ward is, you know, I think leaps and bounds ahead of him. And the Seals struggled against Buquet. I think they might struggle a little bit more even against Dylan Ward. Now, you know, we saw them, they played, these two teams played in Las Vegas when they last, um, and the Seals did come out on top. Uh, you had, I think it was the end of the third quarter, or maybe end of the second quarter, Brody Merrill with the, the cross field uh, goal to give them some momentum. So maybe we'll see some more uh, from Brody Merrill like that, that uh, this game, who knows, but um, you know, I, I think you kind of look at this this game. I think you kind of look at this game and uh, um, you know scratch your head a little bit to see the seals, you know, as the favorites on the road. Um, to me, I just don't like them in this spot. Whether you're taking the mammoth on the money line or, or taking them plus one and a half, um, I think they're the play this week. And in terms of the over under um, twenty and a half, you know, y- you might see you know Sigliano and Dylan Ward pitch some some tough games, and you might see it go under. Um, I could also see this, you know, be high scoring affair as well. So I'd probably pass on the total. But um, in terms of Picking a side, I really like the Mammoth in this spot. They might be my favorite spot, uh, you know, of this weekend. Again, after last week, you know, that money line ticket as well. So that's the final game of Saturday. We have one final game on Sunday. The Riptide on short rest are traveling to take on the Georgia Swarm. Um, actually, forgive me, the Georgia Swarm are traveling to New York to take on the Riptide, but the Riptide are again on short rest, playing two games this weekend. Uh, any thoughts on this game, Sam, between the Georgia Swarm and the New York Riptide, both looking for their first win of the season? Yeah, one thing that stood out to me last week was I didn't think that Poulin played particularly well. I mean, he, he got pulled 
you know, with I think like ten minutes left or something like that in the game. I mean, he he, he just looked like absolute Swiss cheese out there. I I was really disappointed as a Georgia fan to see that performance. And Lyle Thompson only scoring one goal, I think, is is pretty rare. Um, and I don't think that'll happen a lot this season. So I and kind of going back to what we said about like the Colorado game when they played last week. I, I think it was kind of like Georgia underperformed. I don't know if Colorado is like overperformed. I do think they're going to be a good team, and I, I do also like those odds um, for them for this weekend. Um, but, you know, I think that the Riptide, I really like Callum Crawford and Jeff Teat. Uh, they looked, like, really good last weekend. Um, so, let me honestly have New York uh, covering the spread and winning outright. I, I just – I don't know how Georgia's really young defense is going to be able to, like, stop that – pretty lethal combination yeah and uh you know i think i I kind of tend to agree with you the one thing holding me back is the short rest Uh, i haven't looked through kind of the numbers to see you know how teams usually do on short rest but that that would be the one thing that kind of you know makes me you know hesitant and maybe it's the case of you know friday night rolls around and that game ends and you see how they play you see what the injury report looks like going into sunday and maybe that's when you pull the trigger on you know the riptide here um but you got to be careful with that too because this could change and if they you know win against the wings on friday night and they play really really well you could see this total flip so um that's why you know i don't want to definitely i don't want to make people hesitant to, to bet now because you could see the riptide you know uh, decrease a little bit on the money line. And, you know, you may even see this flip, honestly, uh, depending on how things shake out. But um, that's what kind of makes this a, kind of a pass game for me currently. Um, I, I might want to wait and see Friday, but, um, you know, I'm going to keep my, my, my finger on the trigger really close, depending on how this Riptide Wings game goes. And they'll probably take the lines down until um, that game is over. But that would be one to... To, if you really like the riptide right now, jump on now, um, especially in this spot. Whereas if you're kind of, you know, not sure, maybe just wait and see how things happen. Because, you know, on the flip side, if you're too hesitant about the riptide and they, you know, lose pretty handily to the wings, you might get them at better odds on Sunday too. And you can kind of make a more informed decision. So that's kind of something to kind of look for. Any parting thoughts from either of you? I'll start with you, Dan, um, on this slate or on this game in particular. You know, I think you guys hit a lot on what I was kind of thinking as well. But in this game, and, and really it ties in with the Wings game too, Riptide Wings and now the Riptide and the Swarm. I think that I just, I don't see a reality, and maybe this will come back to bite me, but I don't see a reality in which the Riptide goes 0-2 this weekend. So I think the worst case scenario for them is going to be 1-1. One and one. And I think I like them even a little bit more if they do end up losing to the Wings and you end up getting better odds. I would love to hammer the Riptide, which, again, this whole entire conversation just makes me like we need the U.S.-based sports book because, like, I need to get down on games because I just look at this as a perfect situational spot for the Riptide. I think if they end up looking bad on Friday, you're going to get an even better price, and I think that'll make them even that more motivated. They're a bad team. I don't think they should be as far in future odds as they are. I'm going to be very bullish on the Riptide moving forward after what we saw in Week 1, and hopefully what I saw in Week 1 ends up getting backed up here in the two games we'll get to see from them in Week 2, but I think the absolute floor for them this weekend is going to be a 1-1. and If they lose that first game, I would definitely be going back and 
trying to bet him in the second game, but I like him in both of them, plus 135. And even if you're taking the one and a half cushion, you're only laying minus 123. So that's, you know, you bet $12.30 and you're getting $10 back on the take back. So I, I like the Riptide a lot this weekend. Um, you know, as you guys are kind of talking through it and laying out the situation, I think I might even like him a little bit more in this game against the Swarm. I think it sets up pretty nicely for him and probably the market thinking that that two game weekend is a little bit more important than it actually is in week one and week two. How much fatigue are they really going to have with a two game weekend? I, I think that that's maybe a little bit of an overblown narrative that's going to be big. So I'd be looking towards the riptide and I, I think you guys nailed it on this one. Yeah, no, and you mentioned their future odds. They were, uh, you know, 10,000 to start the season. That's shifted now all the way to 7,000 when I last looked at it. So, again, they're another team whose future odds are, you know, getting better and better. Um, and so you, you can get a good number early on. Again, though, if they do lose both these games, which, you know, I agree with you, I, I, I have a hard time seeing them lose both of them, um, you know, they might go back up a little bit and you might get more value after this weekend. But, they're another team to, to look on, you know, with some really great odds uh, futures-wise. Again, it's pretty early to tell, though. So, um, you know, it's, it's futures market is all about, you know, finding the dips and, and buying, you know, when the team's discounted the most. But at the end of the day, only one team can win. Um, so, that yeah, that's our wrap-up of this slate. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys hopping on. I'm really looking forward to these games. Again, you know, another thing that Pat Gregoire pointed out, hopefully you rode with him if you're a Canadian better last week. He took the OHF Teat five and a half points. Um, he had seven in his debut. So, uh, you know, look some player props up as well. Uh, we don't have any in front of us right now, but Jeff Teat player props might be something to hit. They We benefited from those during this Atlas season last summer. But this has been another PLT preview. We appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys hopping on and uh, previewing this NLL Week 2 slate, and we'll see you guys next week.